everyone. This is the Gospel Nuggets for Teachers, and I'm Deborah P. Kim, your host. What are Gospel Nuggets? They are short but content-rich devotionals for teachers who love Jesus and children. When children see the Gospel through your life, and not just with your words, God works by His Spirit to plant in their hearts true faith. I pray you will be the influence that brings a child to Christ and nurtures his or her faith in him. As we are going through the gospel messages in our episodes, we are now at the second part of the story where all the problems in the world began, the fall of man. Let me begin with yesterday's chant and continue with today's. God made man to be with him. Man was happy and had no sin. But something happened. Satan tempted man. Man sinned and all the problems began. We talked about the meaning of God's image in man and the cultural mandate to multiply and rule the world. But it's important to understand that God's relationship to man was a covenantal relationship. In Genesis 2.17, we see how God gave Adam a command, and we call this the covenant of works, or the covenant of creation. Let me read that verse. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. A covenant is an unchangeable, divinely imposed legal agreement between God and man that stipulates the conditions of their relationship. If Adam, who represented all people, disobeyed God's command concerning the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he would die, not just physically, but spiritually and eternally in separation from God. If Adam obeyed the command and kept the covenant, there was the implicit promise of eternal life with God. Many people feel that this command was unfair and even cruel, as if you placed a cookie jar in front of a two-year-old and told him not to eat it. But remember that Adam and Eve were created in the image of God with the moral ability to obey God and trust in his command. They were given all the trees in the garden to eat and therefore lacked nothing. But what happened? In Genesis 3, we see how the devil, through the serpent, tempted Eve to disbelieve in God's covenant. He twisted God's word and said, Did God really say you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden? Eve responded in the negative, but somehow added something to God's command by saying God told them not to touch it or else they might die. Then the serpent said, Oh, you will naturally die, for God knows that when you eat of it, Your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In her disbelief of God's word, 
and God's love for them. Eve took the fruit and ate it, then gave some to her husband who was with her. The consequences of this first sin, which we call the fall of man, had cosmic consequences. The image of God in them, the righteousness, the knowledge of God and holiness given to them so they might walk with God and worship Him, was shattered and defiled. Their moral ability became corrupt, and sin corrupted their whole being. The sin of Adam then became the sinful nature of all mankind, pervading the very heart of man. We have all inherited the sin and guilt of Adam. Romans 3.10 says, No one is righteous. No, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This means that every human born of natural birth is born in sin. We are not as sinful as we can be, but we have the tendency to sin and inability to do good and reach the moral standard of God. That's the meaning of original sin. It is not just the first sin of Adam and Eve in the garden, but the sinful nature that we all possess at the point of conception. Many would argue that people are basically good. We don't want to believe that we are bad on the inside or unable to do good if we choose to. But the sad reality is that it is impossible to stand before God without guilt. Not only are we guilty of sins we have personally committed from birth, but we are guilty of the original sin, our natural disposition to rebel against God and control our own lives. Isaiah 64 verse 6 reads, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. If you were to put all your good deeds in a bucket or a pool, God would see it as a pile of filthy rags full of dung. This is not only because of how perfect and holy God is, but because we are so full of sin. Then what is the result of the sin of Adam now passed down to all of us? Sin separates us from God, who is holy and righteous. Sin leads to physical, spiritual, and eternal death. It's the reason for all suffering, misery, curses, and pain. Our scars from childhood, family breakdown, mental and emotional problems, crime, disease, disasters, war, poverty, drug abuse, and death are all the results of sin. And the Bible tells us there is no way for man to save himself. Ephesians 2.1 says that we were dead in our sins and transgressions. 
A dead corpse cannot move and revive itself. What we need is not repair or surgery, therapy, counseling, or better education, or more money. All our efforts and good works can never be good enough to save us from the curse of sin. What we need is new life. We need deliverance. And that's the message of the gospel. What is so amazing that as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, yes, they were cursed. The consequences for their disobedience was given by God. But before the pain and the punishment came the promise. In Genesis 3.15, God gave the first proclamation of the gospel. He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. God promises right from the beginning that he would send a savior who would come to destroy the work of the devil, pay for all our sins and do what Adam could not do. That savior is Jesus Christ. Even when Adam broke God's covenant, God was there with another one, the covenant of grace. And I can't wait to share more of this unfolding story of redemption through these Gospel Nugget episodes. Are you struggling with a certain sin or problem right now? Let's remember that the suffering on earth began when mankind separated from God and fell under Satan's control. We need to solve our problems at that root level first. Religion is only scratching the surface. But the gospel gets to the fundamental problem. If you have believed in Jesus as your Savior and you confess Him to be the Christ, your fundamental problem of Genesis 3 has been solved. On the cross at Calvary, Jesus cried out, It is finished. What did He finish? He finished the curse of sin and death. He destroyed the work of the devil. And he opened the way to meet God. No matter what you're going through, remember that the root problem has already been solved. We have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And our life on earth is now all about knowing and enjoying more of this union with Christ. Let's confess Jesus as the Christ, the only answer over your present trials and suffering, and put our trust in Him. It is finished. And when that becomes your true and honest confession, I pray, that what Paul realized in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 will be true for you as well. In the moment, in the time where he suffered the most, asking God to solve his problem, take away the thorn and his flesh, God's response to him was this. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect 
in weakness. I'd like to end today's episode with the song, Your Grace is Sufficient for Me by Marty Nystrom. Your grace is sufficient for me. Your strength is made perfect when I am weak. All that I cling to, I lay at your feet. Your grace is sufficient for me. I'm no longer striving to merit your love. I rest in your promise to me that all of my sins have been washed in your blood. Your mercy is all that I need. Your grace is sufficient for me. Your strength is made perfect when I am weak. All that I cling to, I lay at your feet. Your grace is sufficient for me. You see me as righteous because of the blood. That made the atonement for me. Your mercy has triumphed where I should be judged. So now, by your grace, I am free. Your grace is sufficient for me. Your strength is made perfect when I am weak. All that I cling to, I lay at your feet. Your grace is sufficient for me. Your grace is sufficient for me. God bless you today.